Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Picciuto, and I'm very excited to have a reoccurring guest on the podcast today, the one and only Jess Bax. Jess, how you doing, my friend? John, I'm doing well. My entire body just got butterflies while you started talking. I'm like, oh, I'm back, baby. Hello. I know. It's been a while. Jeez. I, I didn't check. Honestly, I should have, but I think it's definitely been over a year. It's been a while. It's um, been a while. So for the new listeners, can you give a quick introduction to who you are? Yeah. And honestly, since the last time we chatted, I have shifted. I have changed. So my introduction is different. But hello, everyone. I now go by Jesse. You know, oh, okay. I, I changed the name. I was in a plant medicine ceremony and I came out and I'm like, yo, I'm Jesse now. That's what I'm I going love by. It. Okay. So my name is Jesse Bex and I am a life alignment and embodiment coach. And I really work with my women to dive deeper into all that they are and make a lot of changes in their lives and be confident and comfortable in themselves, in their bodies to start getting more of what they want. And I'm sure we'll start talking about the life aligned path that I started going down in my changes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the synergy between what you do for a living and what you're sort of experiencing in your own you know, life is um, a, a great parallel. Um, I, I know that when we last spoke, you were starting a new relationship. You were excited about the partner that you're with and like some things have changed recently. And my first question for you is when you go through a big shift, right? When something ends, not for any sort of nefarious or negative reasons, but like just say conscious uncoupling for two people who care about each other a lot, is that easier or harder in terms of moving on and getting to like the next phase of, you know, your journey? Mm, that's such a good question. And I love how you say conscious uncoupling. I just heard that word a week ago and I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly what this is. Hmm. This this breakup has definitely been the hardest heartbreak that I've ever been through. And that makes it really hard because it's knowing that you love someone so fucking much, like you connected on such a soul level and it was such a healing space to be in this place of like, hmm. I love this person, but I also understand that I have to do something different to go in a different path and I have to let this person go. So the struggle that I've been experiencing is, you know, with the amount of love that I have, there's been a lot of shame and a lot of doubt. Like, mm, if I love this person, shouldn't I make it work? Shouldn't I stay? Isn't isn't that how it, how it works, how love works? And really understanding right now, that's just not what works for me and navigating that whole life. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, like I said, it's it's when it's, it's easy to end a bad relationship, right? It's easy to get away from well, maybe not always, but it's easier to step away from something that is not serving itself or serving you. Um, but when you're in a situation where you have so much admiration and love for a partner, it's got to be inherently a 1000 times more difficult. Um, when you go through something like this, and you you spend a lot of time with your clients, probably having similar conversations with them. Is it easier for you to re relate with them and kind of understand what they're going through when you yourself is kind of going through a similar experience? Or do you find it like separation of church and state, your life and their life, mm -hmm. they're just consciously different? Yeah. And I think the beautiful thing about the work that I do is if I experience it, I have the bandwidth, the capacity, the knowledge, the tools to help my client who's experiencing very similar things. And it's actually really synchronistic. A client of mine actually started talking about she wanted to break up with her partner and start traveling and doing all these things. And I hadn't shared with her yet that 
my partner and I were separating and I was traveling. So it was like, oh, wow. Number one, we're on similar paths, but I'm a little bit separate of her. So I'm able mm-hmm. to give her the tools and the pathways and the detachment ceremonies or meditations that we walked through. And I had the materials because I experienced the exact same thing. So it's so easy to be more empathetic and relatable. And I really help a lot of my clients go through breakups and heal the breakups because that's life is just like that. And it's, it's beautiful to be able to relate to them in that sense. Is it ever like triggering? Like it's a sad thing when anything, especially when you have such love for a person that you were with, when you're kind of like coaching someone through their own experiences, is it ever like a sadness to it? Like, is there any triggering moments to that for you personally? We were like, man, this hits so much directly close to home. Like sort of, is that ever happened? I can't say it's ever happened because when I go into the coaching space, when I am the guide, the leader, I really take myself out of me personally and I'm just there to hold space for them. So if they're going through something tough and they're explaining something and maybe it hits and it it resonates, I don't feel triggered by it. I'm like, "Mm, Mm. wow, I've experienced something very similar, but I don't have an attachment because that's their story in their life. So I'm not the one taking it and being like, oh, fuck, I'm going to go cry about this afterwards. I get to let them cry, release and be like, all right, I'm here for you. Let me hold this space. Yeah. I found recently that like other people's experiences in lives, whatever it might be work wise, family wise, relationship wise, it's sitting with me more lately. And I think it's like become like a very therapeutic sort of cathartic Mm -hmm. type situation because I can look at the relatability of what all of us go through on a daily, weekly, yearly basis and be like, oh, I've been through that and I can relate my own experience to that with them. Um, But it does sit with me a little bit longer because, you know, it's weird. I think I just become a big softy as I've gotten older. Mm -hmm. Like I just want everyone to be happy and like Mm -hmm. good and and whatnot. And it's just like, I'm constantly on my mind. I'm like, man, I wish X, Y, Z would have happened for this person instead of that. Um, and, and being that this is your life, your, your livelihood, I, I, I just, the thought of that sort of hard life things that your clients are going through would be, would feel sticky for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I hear that. And it actually used to be sticky when, when we first started talking, I'm, I believe I like was starting my business or wherever I was in the capacity of that. But there were times where I was like holding on to their baggage. And I was basically, I had a backpack on and I was just like, all right, I'll take that from them. I'll take that from them. And it's so fascinating because as an embodiment coach as well, it is interesting how we hold a certain tension in our body. And I started to feel a lot of tension in my shoulders and my upper back. And I was like, what the hell? Like, what, where is this coming from? And it was so debilitating almost. And I started to look into it more and I started to realize that I was holding so much baggage from my clients and I was taking it as my own because exactly like you said, like I want everyone to be happy. And when they would share that they're not happy or where they're at in life, I'm like, I'll take that and I'll take that and I'll take, you don't need to hold it. Let me hold it for you. I'm I'm strong. I can hold it for you. And then I recognize it's not mine to hold, but I can hold the space so they can release it. So neither of us on either end have to hold it. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, that's that's actually a really great mindset. I think that's something that I'll have to like sort of practice a little bit more because mm-hmm. I, it's not like something that stays with me for, you know, weeks at a time, but it is like 
it, it's a it's a burdensome feeling when you just like I don't know and like I said I got super soft as I've gotten mm-hmm. older so my empathy levels are unfortunately getting a little bit too high. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's funny because when we first spoke, there was a chapter to your life starting new business, new relationship, all these new things, and we're sort of at like as one chapter is closing and another chapter is beginning there's got to be this sort of like abundance feeling of like so much possibilities and travel and all the things that you have sort of on the agenda for you for the rest of the year and and beyond. Um, Is there anything intimidating about that? Is there anything um, that you look at like with any sort of anxiety about the unknown in the future or are you just like eyes open, ready to fucking dominate? (laughs) (laughs) There was a lot of anxiety and and yes, it comes and goes like this will be the last time you will see me in this apartment and my cat's meowing. I think you can hear it he, and I have to rehome my cats. So he's, he's like, mom, you're rehoming me tomorrow. Like I'm sad. And the anxiety that comes with it is like, what's going to happen. And when you start focusing on the, oh my God, holy fuck, I have literally no idea what I'm going to do. And I have no plans set forward. But then once you release that, which I have, that's when everything starts to get easier. I'm like, okay, you know, I I have certain things figured out and planned. But honestly, what has really worked for me is just letting go, releasing, having zero plans because then nothing can go wrong if you're not really having a plan and you start to listen and hear people and meet new people and the wind blows you and you're like, oh, I guess I'll go that way. And you have a new opportunity to, to fly somewhere, go somewhere like the world is my oyster. And that feels so abundant, as you said, so abundant that I'm able to be like, whatever I want to do, whatever I want to call in, I can have that because there's literally nothing, not a partner, not an apartment, not my cats holding me back anymore. And I've never had that freedom before. So it's super yeah. I mean, it's exciting. like, yeah, no, it's wildly exciting. Um, you know, I've often thought about, you know, I just went through my own personal lease renewal for my apartment and I was like, Jesus Christ, like they're raising my rent 20%. I was like, fuck this shit. I was like, I'm just downsizing my life and just going to, and then I was like, all right, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm much too big of a pussy to just like, <laughs> you know, van life it or, or backpack it throughout life. Um, there's something about me, the anchor of family is, is incredibly important to me. So like the, the geography in which i maintain on a life basis is is super important and i think there's like ways to make space for my own personal life in terms of travel and spending time not home um but to me ultimately like i just like decided it wasn't for me it's just such a big such a big fucking jump like it's so exciting Mm -hmm. and and like to me it'd be also incredibly terrifying at the same time um when you look at like i don't know when you're moving out when the lease is up when you got like you're hitting the road for the first time you said like wherever the wind may blow kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, where are some places that you want to go? Like what, like what do you want out of this next, whatever, let's call it the next year from mm-hmm. a travel perspective, from like mm-hmm. a business perspective, from like a relationship perspective. Growth in uncomfortable growth, because that's what growth can be. And mm. I think this is giving me the opportunity to look at my life and say, what do I want to keep and what do I want to get rid of? And it's fascinating when I started to notice the things in my current life that I wanted to start getting rid of, when I started taking them out, more things started coming in. 
more opportunities Ooh. started coming in. I am someone who can manifest really easily and visualize really, really well. And I noticed it was, I want to say back in maybe like January time zone, I wasn't able to manifest. I wasn't able to visualize or see anything. And I was like, what the fuck? Like this is, it feels so unnatural. It, it, it just didn't feel good. And I couldn't understand or figure out what it was. I was talking to my life coach about it. I was talking to my spiritual mentor about it. I'm like, what the fuck is it? And they were giving me all of these things and it just didn't resonate. And then in June, that's when my partner and I broke up or began to separate. We had the conversation. And once we both knew in that moment that it was time for us to separate, the tears started to fall. I started to feel just this overwhelm of sadness. But then I started to one, I could finally see him. I wasn't able to see him for a while because I was like in so much of my own shit. And then I started to be able to visualize and manifest and do all of these things because I started to take people out of my life that no longer can really fit in the space right now, which is amazing. So what really dropped in is I really didn't have a plan at all when we had the conversation about separating. And the conversation was, like, hey, we have some things we want to work through. Like, we love each other. Let's do this. And then I was like, oh, but you know, I really want to travel. And then he gave me this thought. He was like, on a scale of one to 10, I'm going to describe a scenario to you. Let me know how it is. I started describing it. He was like, you sell everything and you bebop around South America, Central America, and you're living in hostels. You're taking a backpack around. You're, you're traveling like this. On a scale of one to 10, how does that sound? I looked at him and I was like, hmm, I would change it. He was like, a scale one in 10. I was like, well, let me change it first. I was like, I'm going to sell everything. I'm going to sadly rehome my cats. I'm going to have to let you go. And then I'm going to pack a bag, maybe two, fly to Bali, get a house in Bali, chill there, and then decide from there, huh, where else do I want to go? And then where else do I want to go? And let the wind blow me there. And in that moment, I was like, Hmm. He said, okay, scale with a 10. I said, 11. He was like, huh. <laughs> and that's 11, exact moment. All right, it's probably time for us to start separating because he didn't want the same things. And now I'm like, all right, now I have the momentum. So Bali's first in December. So I'm like easing my way into it. And just regardless of whatever happens, I'm like, I'm going to Bali. And then if I am in Bali for 15 days and I go to Europe and I'm there for two years cool because there mm -hmm. is no plan yeah i mean that's fuck that's awesome <laughs> i mean like <laughs> i mean listen like the the art of traveling the aspect of seeing the world and the self-discovery that is possible through that has always been super appealing to me um you know i love to travel i i, I also like the idea of a home base um, and having someplace to come back to in a lot of ways. I mean, outside of people, right? Like home is where your heart is as mm -hmm. cheesy as that is, mm -hmm. but outside of like having an actual home apartment, whatever, is there any part of that? That's like slightly terrifying. Mm -hmm. Like the, the thought that like your home is now with you, right? You mm -hmm. are your own home, your own safe space sort of thing. Is there, is that like, to me, it would be slightly terrifying, you know, mm -hmm. candidly. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really grateful for the community I have here. So I, I can feel a little bit safer. But one of the biggest fears that comes up is what if I have nowhere to stay that night? And then what? I'm like, am I 
am I homeless? Like, do I, do I sleep in my car? Like my friend literally was like, are you going to be homeless? Like actually like hang out with the people in SF. Technically, and, right? and I was like, kind of, yeah. And like, now I'm kind of using it as a joke. Like, yeah, I'm going to be homeless, but in a, in a posh way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's like the biggest fear of not having the home base of like where like my things are going to live in my car. Like that's, that's really where it's going to be. I'm going to be bebopping around into houses. I'm doing some house sitting stuff that I found on mm-hmm. an app and that's going to be like a really beautiful space for me to, to ground in when I can. And it's also like surrendering to asking for help in so many different ways and like asking my friend like hey dude can i chill on your couch for two days while i'm in between homes and not feeling like i'm being a burden or asking if like what are their boundaries so it's really helping me like deepen my communication with them and also just this understanding like so many things are like popping up that i have to work through on my own and i'm like cool like i get to do this huge growth that i wouldn't have been able to do and I'm I'm literally a how do I want to put this like I I'm a bitch who loves to to grow that's who I am I love it <laughs> I'm a I'm a growth bitch it's amazing and that's just like constantly where like every single day I want to grow ten percent and like is it a little unhealthy maybe but I fucking love it I don't agree I think that's extremely healthy I think like yeah I mean I I think I see an absolute market difference in just like your personality between now and then and it's funny because you're both in you're in two wildly different time periods of your life, but also in the same way, it's like new chapters, new beginnings, like new sort of like ventures that you're going out life-wise. And it's like the same sort of like excitement that I see on you in, in terms of like what the future may hold, um, which is like cool for me as your friend. Like, obviously, I, like I'd, I'd love that for you. Um, you have a few months now between now and when you leave for Bali. Um, it could have been super easy for you to like sort of stay grounded with your partner with your um apartment with like your life right your daily routine like i think everyone is a is a glutton for that routine right like the the enemy that you're was it like the simplicities that you know or whatever just like very easy to stay grounded in that sort of thing um what about june and like this these last few weeks felt like the right time to start taking steps back and away from the life that you are currently living yeah well in june so June 6th was the day that my partner and I had the conversation. And when we had the one to 10 convo, when we both knew that it was time to leave, I think he had it in his mind that I was going to like immediately leave right away. And when I started to communicate more like, oh, no, that's not the plan. The plan more is like, I'm going to ease myself into it. We started talking like, oh, okay, well, should we stay together until then? And try and make things work in that way and the answer was like why would we do that like why why would we like pretend that we're gonna stay together for the next few months when that's not the reality of it and let's start let's start decoupling now so we can get our barons in we can start feeling really safe with our communities and our friendships so when i am gone and he's already on his new new life path and doing his own thing and that has been this beautiful process of just healing so much healing like we've been living together since since that time so it's been like a month and a half of us living together still as we're in this decoupling phase and 
there were so many things that came up for both of us, like a huge jealousy wound came up for me that I was actually able to heal and like somatically and noticing like resentment that I was holding. So we were able to communicate like, hey, like I'm so sorry that this happened or this was happening and I didn't share anything and I should have and I'm sorry and like, thank you. So just a really beautiful saying our goodbyes and like really like putting that bow on it as I guess you could put a bow on a decoupling and just allowing ourselves to be free and not have to drag things out because it can be so easy to get comfortable and just stay and like, yeah, let's just stay for another three months. And then in November, I'll sell everything and then I'll go. That just didn't feel right. And I trusted my intuition to be like, let's do it. And he's such a badass. He was like, I love you so much. But like, yeah, we should definitely just just go. And I was like, no, like maybe we should stay. He was like, Jess, come on. And I was like, thank you so much for keeping us accountable because my emotions were like, I love you so much. Can I please stay with you for a little bit longer? And he was like, no, we can't do that. I'm like, thank you. Thank yeah, you say that. that's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I commend the both of you for having that sort of foresight that that sort of process wouldn't work. Um, but man, that's that's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm super curious about the process of like selling your own all your stuff. I've recently started, albeit slowly, like being very conscious about my things, mm-hmm. like and starting to get rid of old clothes that I haven't worn in a year and fucking stuff that's just sitting around my apartment um, that like just I don't use. Right. So I've only very recently started going through that process. Um, I'm curious for you getting rid of almost everything save for like two bags of whatever you're keeping and what was that like Hmm. i call it the art of Mm non-attachment honestly it was so freeing and so easy like the only things i have left in this apartment right now is this standing desk that i'm sitting at and a blue velvet couch that i used for a photo shoot yesterday and that's it and then some clothes and what was really cool about it was I was able to think about all the things I get to give away, send so much gratitude to them. Like I bought this beautiful um, like red or yellow velvet chair and this white circle table that I would spend my mornings pulling Oracle cards and journaling and drinking my coffee at. And David and I would share beautiful breakfasts there and I had to let it go. And it was like saying like, okay, thank you so much for these three months with this table. And now I get to let you go. And at first it was a little, little challenging, but it was also that excitement. Like, fuck yeah, I get to one, I get to make money off of this shit. Like, hell yeah, (laughs) I love that abundance. (laughs) And also starting to see everything move out of my apartment. One, I was able to see the people it was going to. And it was so magical, the certain people I was connecting with, how excited they were for getting it. I was connecting with someone who like had a Kava lounge and she was also like an Enneagram coach. I had two people ask me out. Like it was like so funny, like a, a girl and a guy were like, hey, like let's go out. Like you're, I love your energy. So it's like it was fun doing that process. But then looking in the apartment, I recognized that I actually just didn't like the shit in my apartment. It was like things I had from a past roommate that she handed to me, or I was like filling the space with so many things. Oh, this is a real time reflection. I had this void inside of me and I tried to fill it with all of these things. And there was so much shit in this apartment that I, once it was all out, I was like, oh my God, I fucking hated all of this. This just didn't feel good. This apartment did not feel good. 
And I was just trying to fill it more and like create more energy by bringing more things in and new things. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. And now that I sold everything, when I had like a sidewalk sale that I did not sell too much, I had to give a lot of it to Goodwill. And once I was out of my car, I just feel lighter and like I'm a feather right now. Like I feel like I'm literally just gliding through life right now because there's literally nothing that I'm like, oh, like what about this little trinket that I had? five years ago. Well, this thing my mom gave me, it's a little corn pipe. I want to keep it, but I, I know I have to give it away or just throw it out. But yeah, it's light, very light feeling. Yeah. It's funny for a long time. And even still to this day, like the thought of retail therapy has always been something that has mm -hmm. like filled me up with like the 30 to 45 second of momentary unboxing joy. Um, and I, I'm guilty of it all. Like literally I bought fucking something last week that i was like i don't not not a need not a want not a anything just a i don't know i was like fucking stewing in it for like a bit and i was sitting in my apartment and i was alone and i was like man i'm in it right now i've got my phone on me i just bought something and i was like yeah okay and then like when it got here opened it i was like super super excited and then i was like okay i didn't fucking need this why did i do that like but it's it's funny how that like the thought of like, this is going to make me feel better is like sort of gone from my own internalized processes because I knew this wasn't going to serve me at all. I knew it was just going to be another thing that's going to take up another, you know, six square feet in my apartment <laughs> that like just serves no purpose. Mm -hmm. But I think like you have to like go through the process of getting rid of stuff to like start understanding that adding to it. Like, you know, my wardrobe is like the perfect example like I'd rather have a few pieces of really good quality shit than five. I have 500 fucking t-shirts. I'm not even mm. exaggerating. Mm. I have a hundred pairs of sneakers. Like I don't wear them all. Why do I have this many? Why am I afraid to let go of them? Why am I worried about something not being here? So I've started just implementing this sort of thought scenario where if I don't touch something for a year, like if it's, I don't care if it's in a box, it's in a closet, it's in a fucking wherever. If I don't touch it in a year, it's got to go. Like mm -hmm. there's, there's no point. It is serving me no good. And it's been kind of terrifying, honestly. Like I got rid of some shit last week where I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I got rid of those shoes. Like they're like my favorite pairs. I'm like, dude, I, you haven't put them on your feet in a year. Why do you have them? Why do you need them? So it's like, I totally can see how getting rid of everything might feel like, taking the absolute light of your life in front of you like <laughs> for sure um and also simultaneously terrifying <laughs> yeah yeah really scary it and honestly it's there's there's moments and if if anyone ever feels this way where you're like you get in this zone or this mood where you're like i want to throw shit out you're gonna hear a little whisper go in your closet and just start picking shit out and like literally you will do it subconsciously like i don't need that i don't need that maybe no 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 and you start feeling bags and it's like whoa like i didn't need any of this shit and then there's yeah. some times where like you'll look at the bag of clothes that you put all your shit in you're like well let me go through it again like maybe i accidentally threw something out <laughs> that i actually want no it's in the bag <laughs> throw it yeah. give it to goodwill they deserve that totally my personal favorite thing is because i just did that literally last week yeah. <laughs> my personal favorite thing is all of the stuff i kept from when I lose 20 pounds, like the, all of those items that I've kept, just they're hanging there. They don't fit right now, but I know, you know, 
tw- two, four, six weeks from now when I lose 20 pounds, oh, I'm going to look great in it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm never going to do it. I'm not going to lose the weight. I'm, nothing's going to change. Status quo is always going to be what it is. And that fucking shirt is going to be hanging there for a year <laughs> from now. And it's just such a great way to like be mindful of the fact that like whether it's a relationship or a fucking shirt in your closet, if it's not serving its purpose, right? If it's not g- giving you any benefit, it's it's time to let those things go and like mm-hmm. breathe and live on their own, whether you're donating them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's funny how so much of your life is in that sort of what's going to be given away sort of phase, right? Your relationship, your apartment, your stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like exciting and terrifying i think it's the best way to describe it it's like as a conscious onlooker it's like dude i'm so excited i can't wait for december you're gonna be posting like bali fucking photos and videos and like all the stuff that you're doing like that's gonna be awesome at the same time i'll be like damn like this she's doing it like it's cool and i'm also like well you know i hope she's okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah i have gotten a few messages from people being like you shouldn't be doing this it's dangerous it's like thinking about it and yeah it's like it's but like in inside of inside of me inside of everyone like oh there's like some there fear there she's doing it like she's just fucking full send going to bali not knowing a single soul and by herself like living life and i think that's the the beauty of this world and what i've been starting to recognize is especially with my transition to california being originally from st louis i didn't know anyone out here And look at this fucking life that I created in California. And I started to get more conscious and I started to get more badass. Like I love myself so fucking much. And that has called in so many things. Like the energy that I am able to exude out calls in the energy that I want. And now I get to amplify that. Like, Mm -hmm. holy fuck. Like I was on a retreat this last weekend and the amount of connections that were coming in, connections I didn't even imagine could happen and like starting to notice that people are seeing me in a different light so now this like internal narrative that i used to have when i was single and when i was out there i'm like oh wow like people are seeing me differently they're just seeing me existing someone gave me a really beautiful compliment when they said i so you walked in the door i didn't see you but i felt you Hmm. i felt your energy and i like knew that i wanted to go connect with you and i was like feels good I mean, I get that digitally. We've never met in person, but we've had multiple long form conversations. It's like you you, you definitely have a presence to yourself uh, that translates just from a digital sense, which is, I'm sure, lends itself to your business and to your overall happiness. That mm-hmm. that comes off for sure. Um, I think what you, you also something super important, the, the thought process of like manifesting and then like building a life for yourself out of thin air, because like. I've done it with my photography, with this podcast, with like so many things in life. The number one question I always get is like, how did you do X, Y, Z? Like, Jesse, how did you decide to end a relationship, sell our shit and move to Bali? John, how did you decide to be a photographer? Like take the risk of like eschewing money and job and security and all that stuff to like bet on yourself. How'd you start a podcast? It's like, I, I just like googled how to do some things and then did it right like Mm -hmm. i think the best lesson i've learned as i've gotten older and i've tried to do more shit and like succeeded a million times and failed a million times is that like there's the only thing stopping anything from happening in my life is is me pulling myself back Mm, yeah like the the just fucking do it method and something that i 
when you said like the failing thing, something that really came up for me and would love to share is someone asked me the other day, like, if failure didn't exist, where would you be right now? And I looked at, like, I looked around, I looked at him and I was like, I'd be right here talking to you. He was like, no, no, no. Like failure doesn't exist. Where would you be? And I was like, well, if failure doesn't exist, then what I'm doing right now, all of those fails that I've been failing at, they actually aren't failures. They're actually lining me up to be exactly where I want to be. Because if failure didn't exist and I was telling you I want to be 10 years down the line, here I am, I would not actually be able to hold that if I didn't quote unquote fail, but I didn't actually fail. Fail Failure is not failing. Failure is just redirection. It's just letting you know that you are kick ass. You just full fucking send. You took the risk. You said yes to yourself. You said yes to something that wasn't going to work in the moment, but that failure actually got you to be where you are today because failure doesn't exist. I agree um, wholeheartedly. I mean, I think the biggest misconception of failure is that it's a negative. And don't get me wrong, I failed a fucking million times, and some of them were exceptionally negative. <laughs> like whether it would be a relationship or a job or whatever, like they were true failures. They weren't positive. They weren't great. They were not even remotely a plus in the side of life. But then when you like give yourself the separation from it, right, the time and the space from the perceived failure you start to realize that it was just a lesson, right? It was just that redirection, like you said, so crucially important. Mm -hmm. I was having a conversation with one of my good buddies yesterday. He's like, I made a mistake at work and I'm like really worried about the ramifications of it or whatever. And I was like, dude, you got to put that shit where it belongs. Compartmentalize that outside of itself. You made a mistake. It wasn't malicious. Nobody got hurt. It wasn't like a, the, the ramifications of what it was was strictly financial, right? The firm that he works for lost some money. I was like, at the end of the day, you have to be able to take that failure and put it to the side. Like you, it happened. Like mm -hmm. you can dwell on it indefinitely for as long as you possibly want. And it's going to serve you no purpose. You need to learn from the mistake and that failure and be able to put it where it belongs. And that is behind you and then move on from that. I mean, I think I, I only will disagree with you in the fact that I, you and I would not be having this conversation had I not failed mm -hmm. like in a great way. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, terrible situation at the time caused extraneous amounts of fucking anxiety and depression but were it not for those failures where i wouldn't be here we wouldn't mm -hmm. we wouldn't know each other mm. this should be the right advice podcast john <laughs> <laughs> it's the pun it's the pun <laughs> no for sure but yeah i like i i i'm i don't know man it's like my my existence is purely because of the things that I have not accomplished in my mm -hmm. life. In a weird way, everything that I failed at has directly led to my successes. Mm -hmm. And I also love the thing that you're saying about like building the life for yourself, manifesting. Like, I don't know. I, I, I've always had this self-belief that everything will always work out for me because mm -hmm. like, I'm just a, maybe call it irrational or stupid or happy go lucky, whatever, whatever adjective <laughs> you want to ascribe right. to it. But it's, continues to self prophesize itself because I just think things are going to work out for me and they just continue to work out for me. If I had self doubt, I'm not saying I would always fail or I would always not succeed, 
But if I'm doubting myself internally and I didn't have that belief, I don't think I'd be sitting in the situation where I'm I'm in the midst of, I think, probably one of the best years of my life. Mm, fuck yeah. 2023, John. Yeah. Rushing. And you're you're making Crushing. a really good point as like you are embodying manifestation. Because what a lot of us do wrong in manifestation is we ask for it. And then we don't believe it's going to come true. But when you actually have this like inner knowing or this inner dialogue of everything's going to work out for you, you can literally ask for whatever the hell that you want. And if you believe that it's going to come true, like you can write it down, but you have to believe it, revisit it, think about it, visualize it. It will come true two weeks. It'll come true four weeks. Mm -hmm. I totally believe. It's funny how much shit that I've accomplished this year that I remembered thinking about two, three years ago. Like when my journey, I mean, we're, it's the end of July. So August something three years ago is when my life fell apart. I lost my mm -hmm. job, got fired, whole nine yards, like mm -hmm. shit show. So the things that I dreamt up in the immediate, you know, weeks and months after that, that getting laid off are bearing fruit today. Like, it's not like an immediate thing, mm -hmm. right? Like, it's not like, Oh, I, I want to, you know, listen, I would love to manifest myself winning the Powerball. <laughs> like, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but in a lot of ways, all the things that I hope for and dream for with my career and my life three years ago have happened now. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, man. I, it's like, it's it's hard work. It's It's being lucky, I think. But like also that belief in myself that I'm going to succeed and there's nothing that's going to stop that is, is been proven time and time again. Yeah. And we, we can ascribe it to a million different things. I think it's just, if you believe in yourself, like you're taking a huge risk in your life right now, right? Like massive, scary, big jump, but like you believe it's going to work out for yourself. There's no doubt in my mind that it won't, mm -hmm. I, that, that it will, <laughs> that it will, <laughs> that it will. There's no doubt in my mind that it will work yes. out. <laughs> well, and I love what you shared about I love how you shared like three years ago what like you wanted like it's now coming true and it it took it took a uh, three years because you had to like do all of these things to get there, and when you said that it like immediately brought me back to a journal entry that I had back in I want to say either end of twenty twenty or beginning of twenty twenty one, and all of these things were like living alone, being able to travel, doing all of these beautiful things. But it didn't come true until now because I had all of these lessons I had to learn to actually get ready to do that. Like get the the faith. I had I had to be with David for a year and a half. I had to live with him. I had to do all these things. I had to to have bad business months. I had to have good business months. I had to make bad business decisions, good ones, all of these things. I had to do all of that to actually be in this very courageous, brave body and embodiment and mind and soul for me to actually say, I believe in myself so much. I have so much energy for this that I can actually do it because I couldn't have done this exact thing two years ago. And exactly mm -hmm. for you with your with with what you're really calling in and what you're manifesting. You had to go through the lessons and the depressive episodes and the states and all of these failures to be here. And that is the beauty of manifestation and constantly believing in yourself. So yeah, I said two yeah. weeks, four weeks, but two years, if you keep believing in yourself and you start to love yourself even more. I mean, like you seem like you're, you're I know we talked a year, year and a half ago, you were really sharing about like how like you could love yourself a little bit more. I feel like you're embodying this like 
I'm so fucking kick-ass and I believe it and I know it and like I feel that energy for you like I literally want to scream like that's the energy I get and that speaks volumes for what you're calling in yeah no first of all I fucking love everything that you said also thank you um I think it boils down to like two big things for me there's a song lyric from I think Ron Pope the years go fast but the days move slow and it's Mm -hmm. why like when negative things happen it just feels like it's like this fucking thing that's weighing on you infinitely Mm -hmm. but when you like put it into perspective of like the time horizon of life it's it's a blip right Mm -hmm. like so to me i'm super conscious of how i dwell on things both positively and negatively because i know in the moment it feels like everything right like in inconvenient situations you always feel like this thing is lagging forever but like the happiness stuff it just like feels like a blip Mm -hmm. but in that context of the years move fast but the days move slow you start to understand like the the perception of how we like view and articulate time and what that really did for me was further imprint on myself that like the things that I want in this life are going to be mine because I believe they're going to be Mm -hmm. right. And that is whether it is a job that's not going to serve its port, you know, purpose for me, whether it's a career that wasn't going to serve its purpose for me. And then the belief that I'm going to find the shit that I want to have in life happens Mm -hmm. because I know the things that are meant for me will find me. You say like, I'm coming off like happy and like confident, whatever. Like I, I am, my best self because of what I've gone through in the past. Right. Like you live, you learn, like that's a cliche statement, but it's like, Mm -hmm. it's just true. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I know what's meant to be for me will find me because I I'm open to it. I'm receptive to like whatever the fucking world has to offer me. Like, Mm. you know, if some company wants to fly me to fucking Paris for fashion week, like I'm going to go because I'm open and opportunities, whatever they may arise. Um, but it's super easy to like, take those negative encounters of a failed relationship of a loss of a job and let it dwell and let it sit with you because the time in that moment feels like everything. Mm -hmm. But then when you start getting separation from it, you realize what the lesson was, what the, the purpose of that negative or positive interaction in terms of like the grand scheme of the whole thing that you're going through. Right. Right. And, and really when you're sharing that, just when we're going through hard times and we're, we're so in our head, our head is what is just like stopping time. We're just brooding in what's happening. And when we get out of our head, like, yes, everyone should sit with that, like sit with what, what's happening. Like I encourage that, feel it, and then get out of your head and get into your body. Like understand like, okay, like this up here, you're just taking like a failure or uh you get you're fired or you made a mistake and you're just like brooding 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 you're just like constantly in this loop and that's why time feels so different when you're in a sad state or an anxious state or whatever it may be you're up in your head but once you get out of your head and drop into your body your mind starts to become so much more clear and time feels so different like when you were sharing these the the time frames and the differences i think about 2021 2021 was my most kick-ass year. It was phenomenal. I had so many beautiful things happen to me. And that was the longest year of my life. And it was the longest year of my life because when I am happy, when I am joyous, when I am grateful, I actually have multiple days in one. My morning is one day. My afternoon is another day. My evening is another day. So three days in one. And it just drags out in a beautiful way. Like I am like soaking in every second of the day. And then 2022, middle of it to to about May, so like literally the last year, was the hardest year 
of my life. And it went by so fast. It went by so fast because I constantly was just up in my head and I was like thinking about the same things over and over and over again because I was just brooding with it and I was just so sad and I was so getting into an anxiety state, a depressive state. And I was just literally milking it. Like I'm just literally up there milking in, into the, the thoughts and there was just no joy. It was like almost like I was ringed out of all of the joy and time was so different. And now that I've came back into the state, I literally had a weekend away and I felt like I was there for two months. Like time mm. just stood still when you're happy. And when you can start like marinating in that, you get to have a really long life of just so much gratitude and joy. And then that's, that's the goal. At least for me, it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I think anybody, right. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, like, I, I don't know. It's like, the conversation I have repeatedly is like, how did I get to this place, right? Mm -hmm. Where I'm acutely aware of my mind and how I'm feeling, like what I'm like going through, like things don't phase me as much on a high end and a low end as often. And I think it's just time, right? Like at the end of the day, like I've got to a point where I've learned a fuck ton about myself and how I react to things in life. And then you could start to sort of anticipate like how a, a, an outcome is going to affect you, right? Mm -hmm. Like I know if I get dumped, right? I'm dating someone in a month or two months from now. And I know if I get dumped, how quickly I'll be able to move on from that because I've been dumped a million times. Like who the fuck cares, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I know it's not me, it's them, right? Like they're not choosing me, which means I don't need to worry about choosing them. Mm -hmm. I know if I don't get a project that I'm trying to get, it's okay because there's like 500 other things that I'm going to go for. But like, you know, fucking three years ago, I would dispute on that shit for months, weeks, mm -hmm. you know, it would, it would live with me forever for, mm -hmm. yeah. So it's like the learning all that over time has been really important. Yeah. And it um, sounds like you're practicing non-attachment, non-attachment to the relationship or to the project or whatever it is. And when we can really surrender and let go of control and let go of outcome and really just release all of that, things just like roll off of you. And you're just like, yeah. literally, you're not glue anymore. Like you're just a bubble and, and that's fun. It's funny because I consciously or unconsciously, mm -hmm. I want to be both non-attached and also very acutely aware of what is happening. Mm -hmm. So like, I, like for me, I give this really shitty example all the time, but it's <laughs> like, my dad's old, right? He's 77 years old mm -hmm. and God willing, he lives another 10 years. Mm -hmm. But like, there are times where like, I'm stressed. It's the middle of the day. I'm doing a million things and he's going to call me. And I'm the first thing that comes to my mind is I don't have time for this right now. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, this is not, this is not the time for this phone call. Right. But I've started to realize that like, there are infinite numbers of ways that like, that my dad's time here can go. Right. Mm -hmm. It can be a decade. It could be 10 minutes, 10 days, 10 hours, whatever. So like you start being a lot more mindful I am trying to be of like doing the things that are important to me now, spending time with friends and family because the, of the non-guaranteed aspect of life. So like, I want to be non-attached to the things that don't matter, right? Mm -hmm. Money, uh, successes and failures in my career and whatever, right? Like some things I want to be completely fully detached from and have no sort of like really sticky factor to them and other things I want to be incredibly mindful of, you know, conversations with my friends, conversations with my family, time spent with those people because I, I don't know i've gotten to the point where i realize i think that's all that really is about life right like spent time with loved ones and 
for me, if I can do both of those things at the same time, it's a huge win. I think I'm right now in the midst of learning how to do practice both those things like equally at the same time, because in a lot of ways, they're sort of opposite. Hmm. I'm curious the opposite that you think that it is like in the practices that you're using. No, I'm asking you a question. The practices that you're using to like bring them together, because I'm curious about this for you. Um, so, okay. So like I look at the things like, let's use money for an example, mm -hmm. non-attachment meaning like money comes to me easily. And I like, I will make money in an in infinite number of ways. I own multiple companies and I'm, I'm killing it right mm -hmm. now. Right. Like, so the non-attachment to it is like the wins monetarily need to not be as meaningful to me. And the losses need to be as, as also similarly, non, not as heavy for me. Right. Mm -hmm. But then also on the flip side of that, like, okay, I have to pay rent. So like, I need to have some sort of like, you know, understanding of how important this thing is to like my day to day life. Right. When you flip it towards like the, the, the family and the friends sort of situation for me, being attached to them is incredibly important. There's nothing that's going to separate those two. So like the, the process in which I'm using to like sort of differentiate these two things, they're sort of like, they're the same but different, right? Mm -hmm. Like I want to, things that don't matter that are inherently like stuff, money, jobs, work, things that are not people, I can very easily detach myself from. And then the things that are important, like friends, family, I, I know they're, it's the same, but different, but opposite. I'm talking in circles. <laughs> same, same, but different. No, but I, I hear you on that. And it's, it it just sounds like you're you're working through your own process of like what is important to you and like recognizing that and i think that is where we all are at in life and we're constantly going to be there because there's new things that are going to pop in what do we prioritize like what do we have to release like what are we really and being logical like you need to have the money to make this and do this and and just live life like mm -hmm. i practice a lot of masculine and feminine energies in the work that i do and it sounds like you're in this space of like the feminine is really acknowledging the nurturing and the relationships and the love that you're caring for these people and the masculine's like hey you got to make money too and like you got to you got to do this for for your livelihood because that's the society that we live in and you're you're making those steps forward to that yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, so like in a, in a weird way, so like 2020 was like the worst year of my life mm -hmm. in terms of uh, just like relationships, uh, you know, losing your job, like all those things. But monetarily, I crushed it. Right. Mm -hmm. 2021. Great year. Personally, mentally, everything horrible financially. 2022 was mm -hmm. a little bit of like a mixed bag. Half good, half bad. This year has been all great but like for me i know that that next year is going to be the same way and each preceding year is going to be even better because like i've built this foundational sort mm -hmm. of process of life right like i know the things that i need to do everything's got its place and like that works for me it doesn't mm -hmm. might not work for other people but it works for me and like like i said I, i've just gotten to the point where the winds still feel really good but they don't the highs are, are still high, but they're not as high as they used to be. The lows are still low, but they're not as low as they used to be because I realized the importance, well, what the important things are in life and living in this sort of like space here, here is what's important. So like mm. victories feel good, but like, I know how long I need to live with the win and losses still suck, but I know how long I need to live with them for. And mm. that's just like, you know, age, I don't know, maybe. 
non-attachment dude yeah like <laughs> yeah, literally yeah. you're like fuck yeah. yeah okay and well, that was a little <laughs> but okay like you're that's a beautiful state to live in because there's so many of us who like are down in the lows and we want to get so high and we're living up in the high but sustainably that's just those two you can't really live there like I would I would love to be up in the high forever and always but the medium just like being like, oh, I feel it. Like you kind of have like a, the heartbeat where you're like straight and like, oh, that feels good and go back down mm -hmm. to your like medium state and you're constantly regulated and you're allowing yourself to feel those winds and feel those highs and then allowing yourself to come back down. Like you can just soak that in like a sponge. Like you have that high still, but now you're back to like equilibrium. Yeah. I'm curious for you, you're on the precipice of like massive life change. Um, there's just so much unknown in the next let's like call a year like we're mm -hmm. gonna have the same conversation a year from now so mm -hmm. july 2024 market calendars See jesse Bax is coming back on <laughs> i'm very very curious there there's plenty of like positive shit that's about to come happening right there's also like a ton of scary negative things that can happen while you're traveling like all, all like mm -hmm. the world positive negative right yeah how do you maintain that middle band as you sort of endeavor into a giant unknown? Hmm. <laughs> I'm so grateful for all the practices that I have to, to keep me there. What keeps me in that middle ground? And this is me speaking to future Jesse, like, hey, Jess, this is what you, you're going to have to be doing. But what keeps me there is truly just sitting with myself and something that I always do. And when I recognize that if I'm, if I'm too high or if I'm too low and I'm not just, I'm not in that middle space, I can rec, I can see in my body, I can see in the way that I'm talking to myself or the way I'm holding myself, it just doesn't feel good. And something that I've been practicing and my clients practice literally all the time is mirror work where I'm like literally looking myself in the mirror and I'm talking to myself and I'm like celebrating my highs. And then once I celebrate my highs, I feel it. I'm like, fuck yeah, I love this. I love you. You're amazing. You're kicking ass. And then I'm like, okay, now, I'm, now I can be middle. Or the times where I'm like anxious or fearful, like, holy fuck, like what's going to happen next? Like I don't have a, a place to stay on the 9th of August. What am I going to do? Looking myself in the mirror, giving myself that reassurance, being like, yeah, that kind of sucks. Like what's going to happen? Okay, but you can figure it out. You'll figure it out. It's going to be good. And then coming myself back up. So like constantly having that inner talk where we, there's so much like inner criticism that comes up or that negative self-talk, looking at myself in the mirror, knowing how much I love myself and how much I care for myself, having that conversation in wherever I'm at, high or low, bringing myself back to the middle so I can like consciously move forward in a state that's me, in my authenticity, into myself and, and constantly have that eye contact where like I have my own back and that feels so good to say and that's what keeps me in that middle ground. Yeah, it sounds like you may do this for a living and teach other people how to, how to maintain that Maybe. sort of like, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you might know a thing or two about this. <laughs> I feel pretty good at what I do. So yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> no, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it, it's funny how like just like from a like a life perspective and like I, I use chapters a lot because I love to read. But yeah. it's funny how you and I have had two conversations at two beginning points for you and 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 what's going on in your life. And for me as your friend, I'm I'm super excited about like what this next chapter um, holds for you. Um, you know, I, I don't even know how else to say there's like so many different feelings of like anxiety and and gratitude and 
and and excitement for you and there's like so much infinite possibilities for you over the next like year and whatever else um but i'm like so super looking forward to having this conversation again with you in a year and uh just to see like what growth you've achieved and like i mean I, it's like it's cheesy i know you're gonna mm-hmm. succeed at whatever you want to do because like you just have that way about you um but yeah it's, it's cool as your friend to see like everything that you have in front of you over the next you know few months and leading into like this new journey that you're going on and i'm excited for you i think it's gonna be fucking awesome yeah john i'm gonna be in your recording studio next year so we're gonna be face to face and we're gonna be doing this podcast and we're gonna see what's, yeah. what's up <laughs> fuck yeah Oh man, Jess, I, I, you know, listen, I love you. I think you're a great human being. I'm so appreciative of your time as always for, for coming on and having these chats with me. Um, I wish you nothing but the best and I can't wait to see what this next chapter uh, has to hold for you. Thank you, John. A beautiful unfolding to come. Absolutely. Have a great rest of your day and can't wait to uh, see what's going on when you're in Bali in a few months. <laughs> see you then. Take care. 